0: Welcome, you've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. So delighted to be with
1: you as we drive from Shelburne, Vermont, the last place that we did the Rebel Roads Tour show. Uh, on our way to Canada, we're going to be for two weeks in Toronto and Ottawa putting on the Rebel Road show for lots of different groups. And it's been an amazing experience of really meeting individuals, connecting hearts, finding oneness. There have been tears of joy, tears of healing. There has been laughter. There has been connection and oneness. And that was what I wanted to experience myself and what is outpouring to experience with other people. There has also been a variety of experiences as three women and two children Put themselves in a 31 foot by 7 foot vehicle and travel around the country for the next 11 months. Change is supposed to happen when you dive into the unknown. And this very morning change occurred. The woman that was actually the guardian of the two children came to me at 6 this morning and she said she wanted to be taken to the airport. She wanted to get a car and she wanted to go home. And it's amazing how these perceptions and different things occur between different ones of us and how we're each moving to a different rhythm now. And I'm really excited about my guest today because we're going to get into that topic of perception. But the point of this story before we get into that is we really can trust the universe because amazingly enough, at the end of the Sheldon Vermont show last night, a woman came up to me and she said, I know this is a long shot. But if you ever need a, gar- a guardian or a teacher, I'm a certified teacher. And if Maggie ever leaves the vehicle for any reason and you need to have a replacement teacher, I would love to be on this adventure. It's a dream of mine. And I've wanted to teach kids that they don't have to just sit still and be quiet the way I'm having to do in traditional schools, but really teach them how to learn through play and adventure. So it's so amazing how we can trust the universe, how it's all completely lined up for us, if we really just stay aware and open, how people are brought into a space that are going to fill a void that is going to be created simply because another chooses now to go in a different direction to fill a void that's in their own life. It's amazing how the universe is, and also amazing how we can have many different perceptions about it. Today, my guest, who has been one of my favorites, and I'd love you to go back and listen to the archive of frequency, is Penny Pierce. And she is just filled with wisdom and insight and such amazing information. I love her new book, Leap of Perception, The Transforming Power of Your Attention. It is so timely with the experiences that are going on right now and with where you are in your life as we move into a more multidimensional reality. So I'd like to welcome this amazing, gifted, intuitive empath and visionary who has been a pioneer in the field of intuition, development, and conscious expansion consciousness expansion since 1977. She travels internationally as a trainer and a coach. She has spoken to government leaders, scientists, psychologists, and those on the spiritual path. She is known for her articulate communication and her common sense approach to spirituality and the development of extended human capacities. I'd like to welcome Penny Pierce back to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Thank you, Simran. As I said before, you're one of my favorite people to talk to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I love your work. I love your writings. I really connect with them. And as usual, the right book shows up at the right time. And I'm excited to have this conversation because perception is is such a thing that can divert us in so many ways. And we can all be in the exact same situation, yet we can all walk away from it seeing it completely differently. Yes. Yes.
2: It, it's really, it's so tailored, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's, in an odd way, it's very subjective and it's also universal at the same time. You know, I, it, it's like my favorite topic in the whole world.
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's get dive right into that perception and how this really affects us. We are hearing this conversation about moving into a new multidimensional reality, being the new human. Does that mean that we're also shifting and changing that the mechanics of perception within us are also shifting and changing, or is that a process that we need to be conscious of and focus upon, helping to move?
2: I think it's both. Um, the I think it all starts with the fact that the the frequency of the physical plane is increasing constantly. It's it's the vibration is going faster and faster, and we're experiencing that as a sort of you know time pressures and you know so much to know. Like the old information age kind of consciousness and perception is just becoming too slow now. We can't process things in the old linear way, bit by bit and bite by bite. Um, It's just too much coming in at once. So I think that we're going to eclipse the old way of knowing things and jump into something I'm just calling it the intuition age, out of the information age, True. where things aren't going to be linear really anymore. They're going to be spherical and holographic. And what we can talk about that later, but basically it's kind of like moving from the left brain to the right brain and out of, out of language for a little while, out of an, analytical thinking and logic into direct knowing and intuition and impressionability and telepathy and things where things come into us as patterns of knowledge and impress us all at once, and then we so, have a new mechanism that's going to show up about how we translate those large pattern impressions into left brain understanding. Um, and and so, to answer your question, the process is ongoing. We will keep up with it because we're inside of it. We're part of it. And we can try to resist it, but it's kind of like pulling back a rubber band. You know, you can only pull it back so far until it snaps forward. And so if we go along with it and embrace the higher frequencies and the new waves that are running through us, it'll lift us into a new way of perceiving. And the internal brain changes that might happen are going to happen naturally.
1: So let me back on the up a other, little on the bit. Other because hand, you're though, saying we can, that we can you're know going to be moving out of a linear, a linear way of dealing with this, and you're talking about yet but shifting to a different side of the brain. So are we still proceeding from the brain, or is it now that we are utilizing the brain in combination with the heart or the brain in combination with the heart and the body, or is it just a different side of the brain?
2: There's a, I think there's a process, and I think the first step of it is that we're shifting from the left brain to the right brain. Then I think the right brain perception allows us to have a direct sense of life, which is very much related to the heart and the soul and the body and, you know, the, the energy field. You know, to me, the energy field or your aura is conscious. It does a lot of perceiving on its own. It unfilters a lot of knowledge to us. So it all starts with shifting out of the left brain into the right brain. As soon as you do that, I think a lot of the other changes happen spontaneously.
1: So I really like the way that you created this book, and I want to start with that place. You have a certain structure, and you talk about uh, first rediscovering the perception and then you move into skillful perception for transformation. And then you talk about new attention skills for the intuition age. So mm-hmm. start off first. How have we, how have we looked at things? And when we're talking about rediscovering perception, what is it that we're really looking at differently or, or, or how, or how do you, how do we perceive perception? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that it has so much to do with attention. That attention is kind of, I call it like the microscope telescope. It's like this continuum of a focusing device that brings, that focuses the whole act of becoming conscious of something. And that's what perception is. But you can have a very tight focus and you can have a huge broad focus. And those are different frequencies of consciousness. If you focus in on changing a watch battery, you know, you're going to be pretty specific and very physical. If you look at, you know, your dream world, it's going to be a lot more rarefied and higher frequency. And if you go out of your body and if you're in some bliss state, you know, it's even higher. So, but we constantly travel through all this, these levels. The, the mind itself is like a lens and So we have access to everything, and the left brain consciousness of analysis and logic and proof and physical three-dimensional reality where forms are separate from each other with empty space in between, seemingly, that's just one thing. It's not right or wrong. It's just one way of perceiving, but there are now new ways of perceiving that are coming in, and we are going to start becoming expert in those It all has to do with the way we use our attention. And I think attention is going to be the most powerful force in the intuition age. It will be the way we do everything through the focus of attention.
1: So let's talk about the distinction between attention and intention, because I'm sure some of the listeners are going through, well, is she talking about just having different intentions and really keeping those in our minds? Is there mm -hmm. a distinction between these two?
2: I think so. I think intention has a lot to do with projecting your mind into the future and then attaching willpower to whatever you're thinking about, that I'm going to intend that I have a result, like I like I must need force to accomplish it. And that is an old model to me. That's kind of like the law of attraction, where you, you think something's separate from you and you have to draw it to you or maintain it or somehow be so perfect and balanced that you'll allow it to happen. And um, But attention is simply placing your attention, your focus, your your consciousness on and in something, noticing something. And then if you notice it a minute longer, you get a little closer to it and a little longer, you get a little closer to it and you can eventually merge with the thing you're paying attention to and actually become one with it and understand it by being it. So attention has to do with present moment. It is yes. the the ability to be with something as it is without a need to change it or do anything and appreciate it and understand it and love it. And then yes. as that happens, that thing that you're attending to, actually you see the consciousness and life in it and it becomes aware of you. Mm. And there is a communion that is established and it really is a live connection with the world.
1: And that really helps us to understand that intention is still that place of trying to live in the future, trying to right. create something and not being present to you here. But your structure and and the way you move through this book, Leap of Perception, is to help us establish more presence of the now to really be aware of the energies that are around us because they are living energies that can actually support us as well.
2: Right. Yeah. And and you don't have to postpone anything. (laughs) You know, it's like you don't have to intend something. You can just place your attention on a living reality and love it and it'll come right to you. In other words, you can materialize things now, instantly almost.
1: Now, you talk about life accelerating and so are we, and I think most of us are so central focused that we think movement is either happening or not, if we are happening or not. But as I read through your book, life is this unfolding energy that's going to keep on happening on its own, whether or not we decide to have our attention present.
2: Right. Where I go with that yes. as an answer is, is that it depends what level of self you're identifying with. Like if you think of yourself as a personality and a body and, you know, your name, then it looks like everything else is so much bigger than you and, and you know, it, to, to think that you can do it alone is kind of about ego and all that. But if you relax and open up, you find that you're, you're the soul, and then if you allow yourself to feel that you are the soul, then you realize that you're an even bigger soul. You're like the soul of the world. You're like a collective consciousness. You, you have everything included in you. And if you keep on going and including more and more, you realize you are the whole collective consciousness. And that whole thing is evolving. Everyone's part of it. Everyone's contributing to it. It's working win-win-win for everybody. And it's all evolutionary, you know. So it's going to happen because we are that thing, you know. It's it's on its way, you know. We're in a process. Um, One person can't really hold it up, but one person, by going with the flow, can assist so many other people in going with the flow. You know what I mean? You know, like you're not going to stop it just by your own stubbornness. (laughs) But if you go with it and become kind of a thought leader or an example of, you know, an enlightened person who understands flow and allows yourself to be kind of transparent and let that flow through you, then you can have the power of affecting many people for the good.
1: My guest today is Penny Pierce, and she is the author of The Intuitive Way, the definitive guide to increasing your awareness. In addition to frequency, the power of personal vibration, which there is an archive on 1111 Talk Radio, and it's a powerful interview. And now the newly released leap of perception, the transforming power of your attention. We are in a midst of a global transformation of consciousness, and the information age is rapidly accelerating to a shift point. And soon our perceptions will be making that leap into the intuition age. The resulting new reality will function according to different rules and we'll know ourselves as a new kind of human being. As we and our lives increase in frequency, we are embracing the idea that life can be improved without the use of technological gadgets, by developing skill with energy techniques and more sophisticated perception. You can find this type of information in a whole structure to follow if you read Leap of Perception by Penny Pierce. In addition, go to her website, pennypierce.com, that's P-E-N-N-E-Y, P-E-I-R-C-E, and you can find out about some upcoming events. Kripalu, October 18th through 20th. She will also be in Andover, Massachusetts, October 21st through 25th, and in Baltimore, Maryland, on October 26th through November 4th. We'll be right back with Penny Pierce.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Eleven Eleven Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. Eleven Eleven Magazine, order now at www.1111mag.com. One 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 MAG.com. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: But these will no longer work as we move forward and as we evolve and change and as the world evolves and change. Some of those old left-brain habits have been the logic habit, which has placed us and has had its place and been a highly useful tool. But when we primarily identified with it, we lose touch with our totality. There's also an isolation habit, and this reduces direct experience to a described meaning and therefore tends to cut us off from life. Then there's the ego-narcissism habit. Born from isolation, the next left brain old perception habit is the development of the ego. We may have a mild case of ego, a simple overemphasis on the importance of our own individuality, or it can become a more deeply ingrained and serious. Finally, there's the willpower habit. To maintain order and control, the left brain focuses our willpower, and if we see the world as inimical and overwhelming, it can seem that that's the only way to hold against our great odds or make headway. In addition, there is the distraction habit. To avoid fear and negative emotions, the left brain may distract us by using multitasking and jumping rapidly from one focus of attention to another. This is all from Penny Pierce's new book, Leap of Perception, Transforming The Transforming Power of Your Attention. You can find out more about her and her other books at pennypierce.com. That's pennypierce.com. And in addition, look at her calendar. She has some events that are coming up at Kuala in mid-October, as well as Andover, Massachusetts, October 21st to 25th, and Baltimore, Maryland, October 26th to November 4th. Welcome back, Penny. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of these old habits before we move Mm. into the new way. We really have done these things. As I was reading through them, I can see how I've done each one of those things in my own lifetime and moved through them, so it made so much sense to read this. Any particular one or ones you'd like to go into?
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's just important for us, if we want to start changing the way we perceive, you have to start recognizing the the symptoms of the old perception, which are, it's fear-based. You know, it's based on separation and survival, which, you know, I think comes from, and I'm postulating that it comes from a very strong connection to the old reptile brain, which is very survival-oriented, and the left brain, which takes on a role, of sort of patrolling the perimeter to make sure that nothing happens that scares us. You know, it sort of tries to pr- keep, keep security going, you know. And, and so I think it's important to recognize that we have these particular ways of dealing with stress, you know the old reptile brain ones are adrenaline, right an adrenaline addiction, needs for security or feeling helpless or going into avoidance or or submission, like you know dogs do they lay down and bare their bellies, you know, but we do all these things too, and then we think they 're normal, and they 're really not they're they 're not the way the soul would act you know they're they 're a lower frequency way of behaving so um you know, I don't know. They're all important to me, whether you go into the left brain overuse of logic and analytical skill or you tend to isolate yourself as the super important narcissistic ego person. <laughs> you know, it's like I can do no wrong and everyone has to agree with me. You know, those things, they're, it's important to notice them in other people and then notice them in yourself. Then to say, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. This is keeping me from my true self or from my destiny. It's just a, a stall, basically. These things stall our growth. And so I'm going to determine not to do that anymore. You see, so I and think it, it helps to have it spelled out <laughs> so that you can catch yourself in it.
1: And as we, as we grow or naturally evolve, do we shift over? our brains so that we start to become more aware and intuitive, or is this a process that we actually have to go back and um, become aware of consciously ourselves? Do we have to do the mm-hmm. same old techniques of uh, looking at stories or, or or breaking down where these thoughts and things are coming from, or is it more about now really just getting into where our focuses, where our creativity is, or the relationship issue that's going on in the moment, or what's in front of us in that moment. Talk about the difference between the processes that were old and what we really need or are going to be moving into to be able to shift this way.
2: It starts with the idea that what you place your attention on comes alive. That is one of the key principles of the use of attention, because what you put attention on, you see the self there. You grant it life. So if you vest your attention in, you know, being always right or, you know, alone or a victim or, you know, any of these old habits, which are so in some ways accepted in our, in our world, you know, we're used to it. Um, but if you do that, then you're not connecting with your soul. So if you decide and your frequency gets high, up high enough, you're, you're going to get to a point where you're sick of it. And I think this naturally happens. You just get, I am so sick of feeling bad. I am so sick of not getting what I want. So why am I not getting what I want? And I think I'll start imagining what I want and put my attention on the positive side instead of the negative side. Now, as that happens then, things do start surfacing because you've given them permission and that could be fears and old stuff from past lives or from your childhood where you contracted and stopped the flow of energy through fear. And those old experiences may surface again, and you may have to look at them to understand what happened then. You know, it's not that they're bad or, or awful. It's just that you didn't have full consciousness when you are experiencing them way back when. As soon as you look at them from the sort of God's eye view or the soul's eye view, they make sense, and you go, oh my gosh, it was just that. Oh, how silly of me you know, to have stopped myself all these years because of this one silly thing. And so then as soon as you get that insight, it kind of dissolves, and that energy goes back into the unified field, and you're more transparent. And that means more of your soul can come through, and that means you're more loving. It means you're clearer. You have better ideas. And then maybe the next thing comes up, but now you're clearer and you can handle it much more easily and faster and it clears quickly. So you're changing the balance of power from fear to love, you know, from confusion to clarity.
1: You know, this book makes so much sense to me and resonates as such truth simply because of the experience I'm having this year with the Rebel Road. Before I decided to leap into this vision, I was in that place of saying who I've known myself to be has gotten me as far as I am. So what if I decided to be the unknown of myself and really dive into (laughs) that place that I've never known? And when I allowed myself to really go there and be the person that I've never been, the person that's more out there, the person that uses her voice, that sings, that decides she's going to be funny, that is sociable, that kind of person. And I really put my heart and my passion into it Things just started happening and started popping up, and you talk about how as we go through this process of our attention, which is exactly what I have done in this Rebel Road, now that you're speaking and as I've read your book, that we discover that our heart is a brain, and so that heart really does help to fuel that aliveness of the world around us collaborating in that way.
2: Yes, because the heart is really the vibration, I suppose, in the body of that we can know easiest, uh, of the soul. And when you get into that experience, it, it's not a physical organ. It's an experience of kind of oneness and, and connectedness, or sometimes I call it the perfect fit. Everything's fitting together perfectly and working perfectly, and that's love at a higher level, you know, mm-hmm. it's the glue of the universe. And when you are truly in heart consciousness, it's quite neutral, But what it does is connect you to every other heart, every other center point in the whole unified field. Because each center point of any reality is the heart vibration. And so when you're in your own heart, you know every single other heart's point as if it is you, because it is you. And then you feel the kinship with all the beings you know and every and you feel that experience which is not idealistic at all that everyone supports everyone else that we are all in this together that we want everyone to win because then we win there's no competition there's just mutual support and provision you know and and it is really that experience that convinces us i think
1: Well, The Rebel Road has definitely been a testimonial to your book because it has lived out exactly what you're writing about. As the world increases in frequency, we are embracing the idea that life improves when we develop our own human abilities to work with energy and sophisticated perception. In Leap of Perception, you'll learn new ways of using your attention that will become normal in the intuition age. Things like direct knowing, undivided attention, flow attention, unified field attention, collective self-attention and working purposefully with the imaginal realm. You're going to learn how to ease your personal transformation process and work more effectively with the ultra-sensitivity and empathy. You'll shift your geometry of perception from an old linear model to a new spherical holographic one. You'll change the relationship between your left and right brain and use more than your brain to perceive. You'll use the power of attention, not intention, to materialize realities in the blink of an eye. Recognize the possibilities that you haven't been able to to be now imagined and to bring into real form. You can find out more about Penny Pierce at PennyPierce.com. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y, P-E-I-R-C-E. And definitely check out her book, Leap of Perception, The Transforming Power of Your Attention. In addition to her others, The Intuitive Way, The Definitive Guide to Increasing Your Awareness and Frequency, The Power of Personal Vibration. Also, check out the Rebel Road website to find out the cities that we'll be in so that you can tap into a show. It's therebelroad.com. That's therebelroad.com. We're also forming the second leg of the trip that will be down the lower part of the United States, the West Coast, up into Vancouver. So, if you want us to come, just extend an invitation and we'll be there. We'll be right back with Penny Pierce, pennypierce.com.
0: This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Visionary. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: My guest today is Penny Pierce, and she has written The Leap of Perception. As your frequency continues to increase, your perception follows. Now you'll see how the inner non-physical reality blends seamlessly with the outer physical reality. The worlds are concurrent and intermingled, and their integration changes your experience of self and reality yet again. The physical and non-physical worlds are in the same moment and cannot be separated. Cause and effect occur so rapidly, they become one thing. This merger is akin to moving into a new dimension of life, and this is the shift we can call transformation. Again, the book is The Leap of Perception, and this is from that book, and you can find out more about Penny Pierce and some of her upcoming events at PennyPierce.com. So Penny, I'd like to talk about when we discover that the heart is the brain, you're then saying that it opens up the spherical holographic perception. So talk about now what that means. I mean, people talk about us being a hologram and all of that kind of stuff, but how can we help people that aren't still in that linear place to understand what that kind of perception looks like?
2: Yes. First you have to understand what linear perception is, because we take it for granted. We think along lines. Time and space, you know, we have timelines, we have storylines, plot lines. Do you have the shortest distance between two points? You know, and that's we have cause and effect thinking. We project goals into the future, and then create processes with you know steps and along the way to get there. And those are lines, um, and and that is normal to us. We learn in sequential ways. It's so hard when you're in that way of thinking to get into spherical holographic thinking. But if you'll imagine for a minute that. Basically, if you bring all your attention inside your body and you sit in the center of yourself, like you are inside the heart, you are inside your skin, and then out around you, you'll sense that there's a, a ball of light that's your, your aura or your field, that everything radiates out from your center point, and you become a ball. And in that ball is your present moment. In that ball is your, your actual reality the moment and the reality are the same. Your identity in the, in that ball is the same. That is your conscious mind. And now that ball, if you just really meditate, you'll feel it. You'll feel that sense of energy all around you radiating out in equally in every direction. Mm-hmm. But if you relax and raise your frequency, that ball gets really big. So like when you fall asleep at night, the ball expands, and you go from your physical reality, you soften, and you go out maybe to an emotional ball, you know, where you're encompassing the whole emotional realm and everything that's in there, and then you go out and maybe even more, and you encompass the mental plane, where there's all kinds of ideas and intentions and inspirations, and then you could even go way out and encompass the causal dimension, where everything... In your life has a blueprint, you know, and the Akashic records of the planet are stored, you know. Uh, and then you come back in again in the morning and you bring it all back down and you consolidate it into a little physical reality that's a little slower frequency, a little denser. And your world appears again as, you know, your bed and your door and your bathroom. And, um, you know, things seem separated in space, time and space again. So... The spherical part is that you have this constantly this ball around you. You're in the center of it, and you cannot leave the center, ever. The ball, though, as soon as you think of a higher frequency thought, it has already in, expanded to encompass that, and that's why you have the thought. So really, there's nothing ever outside of you. You just have different, different constantly shifting focuses of your attention within that huge, huge ball, which is the whole universe. So does that make sense? That's a spherical part.
1: It does make sense, yes. But I want to ask the question real quick. So as we have this ball that is around us that is everything that we have known, it sounds like there's a process, there are two processes that would be taking place. And one would be unlearning what we have had and then relearning something new. Yes. Um, yes, or or like
2: disengaging from the total rightness of the old reality and en- entertaining the idea lightly that, hey, there's another one too. It's not that one is wrong. It's just that one is slower. Mm. Okay, And so the new reality is coming in because we're going so fast. We're vibrating at a very high level right now, and so we're starting to perceive at that level. We're starting to understand the world as totally interconnected and seamless, a field of energy, a sea of vibration with no lines between us, no empty spaces, no gaps, you know, and that then gives us the experience that actually everything is in the present moment. There is no future or past because those things are frequencies of the present moment, and we're starting to get out of that idea that you have to go backwards to the past and forwards to the future. You go up in vibration to the future. In other words, the future is in you now. It's just a higher frequency of your present moment. And if you could just reach that frequency through your meditation and your, your you know, imagination you'd be in that reality right now. You wouldn't have to go through the long process of putting in your dues, you know, (laughs) living through time. Um, You're actually entitled to have it right away as soon as you reach the frequency, which is radical, you know.
1: (laughs) So let me ask a question that might be running through different people's minds, and that is, okay, if I place my attention on this new reality rather than the one that I've had my attention on, what do I do then? when the fears and the doubts come up, or then how do I trust that I really am creating this new reality or I really am present to something that already exists that I just haven't been aware of and attentive to before?
2: Yes. And that's part of the transformation process, I think, in general, is that it's it's about changing our habit of how we know ourselves and how we know reality. And, you know, if you collapse into fear, you contract your energy and you talk about what isn't or what might never be or what might not happen, and you create a huge gap between you and your soul. You you don't allow the soul to just flow through and create the reality it wants to create, if that makes sense. And yeah. um, And so fear basically contracts the flow, and then the mind jumps out of the fear because it doesn't like it, the left brain, let's say, and starts to go to all kinds of um, catastrophe thinking, <laughs> you know, and, and in, it kind of um, embroiders these, these fantastical realities of what might happen because something else isn't happening. And, but if you get quiet and get centered again and come back into the moment and, and go into your home frequency and into your soul and just be with what is and let it be, Now then, the soul has a chance to come through again. So part of it is, when you go into fear and anxiety, you don't have to make it wrong. Just notice it. Say, oh, okay, I'm contracting right now. All right, probably the thoughts that are coming out of this contraction are not really accurate. They might have some, you know, core message that's important for me to understand, and part of it might be just coming from fear, so part of it's from clarity and part of it's from fear. So which part is which? And you sit down and you look at it. Um, you lose your job and you think, oh, I should get another job just like the one I had. But then your body contracts and and you feel a lot of anxiety. Well, maybe the thing is that you're not supposed to do the same thing that you just did. Maybe you you're, you really want to evolve beyond that. Mm. and and add in a few things that you've always wanted to do and see what that amalgamation might turn into and and that's the good reason for it and and the other part is maybe you don't fit in with that group of people anymore because your vibration has gotten too high and so you've been ejected it's just an energetic reality it's not nothing about you you know and maybe part of it is that you're afraid that you won't be loved you know, that's something that came from some old little thing you had in childhood. And then that is something that you need to sit in there and correct and say, you know, this is old. This is not really what I know to be true. And I do enjoy my own soul. And <laughs> I do know that I am love. So I just might as well express it rather than try and get it. You know, so it, so part of it's always, I think, especially in the interim phases of transition, about a combination
1: of love and fear. And I found that courage actually comes from the combination of that, that courage is not something that can actually be willed. I've also discovered that trust and direct knowing seem to be related, but it's kind of one of those things of which comes first, the chicken or the egg. (laughs) First, the trust and the direct knowing. Speak a little bit to what direct knowing is, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want that, but they're not quite sure when they have it. Mm-hmm. Even when it's
2: there, mm-hmm. um, I think of direct knowing as kind of a. It's so highly related to intuition, but it's it's also very much about allowing yourself to be in the moment, undefended, allowing anything to present itself to you or impress you from the field of your own higher self, from the from the environment, from whatever wherever that you will welcome any input and you nothing's good or bad and that you will use it as data for evolution. And that basically um, everything, you know, there's nothing really bad in a way. And um, and it's all about being centered and being calm and um, trusting yourself, like you said, That you know that that there is a force that's directing the inflow. And the inflow is always there. It comes from the soul or the collective consciousness of all souls to guide you to the next just right thing that will help you live your destiny but also help you serve everyone else in the highest way by doing your own thing. It's such a perfect fit again from you get to do what you love and that's the very thing that helps everybody else do what they love and when they do what they love it's the very thing that helps support you doing what you love
1: absolutely and and the situation that occurred today is, is proof of that as one person moved out another person's dream moved in the heart is really a kind of brain and it generates an electromagnetic field of radiance that's spherical in nature When you feel your heart, you begin to understand spherical holographic perception. Your heart resonates with all other hearts, all other souls, and all other count center points. By being in your heart, you can know the core experience of any other being or reality, and you can know yourself as the whole unified field. With spherical holographic perception, the heart spontaneously expands to become a spherical field of consciousness and energy around you. And as you experience spherical holographic perception, you have insights into the workings of collective consciousness and an understanding of why the Golden Rule exists in all cultures. My guest today is Penny Pierce, and she is a gifted intuitive empath, respected visionary, and a pioneer in the field of intuition development and consciousness transformation. She travels internationally as a trainer and coach to business executives, government leaders, scientists, psychologists, and those on the spiritual path. She's worked with shamans, led spiritual tours, To power places and has been a TV talk show host. She's known for her common sense approach to spirituality and the development of expanded human capacities and for her ability to translate sophisticated concepts into useful practices. She is the author of six books. Leap of Perception, along with The Intuitive Way and Frequency, form her transformational trilogy. You can find out more about her at KennyPierce.com and definitely tap into the events that are upcoming at Kripalu in Andover, Massachusetts and in Baltimore, Maryland, starting October 18th and running through November 4th. You can find those at her website, KennyPierce.com. We'll be right back.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Are you focused on the perceptions and allowing yourself to change as life evolves and changes? This is much of the focus of Penny Pierce's new book, The Leap of Perception, and it is an extremely powerful book that will help you shift more into the intuition age from the informational age. If your attention is focused in a linear way, you experience one small action in one small moment. This involves a process. Your left brain breaks it down, sees and labels the separate actions, that have to be done to reach your goal, then triggers willpower and adrenaline. Your left brain projects the goal into the future and the gap between your present. Small action and the end result causes you to rush. On the other hand, if you keep your attention saturated evenly throughout your sphere and let your goal be in you at the higher frequency, you engage in a pleasurable dance with the flow, trusting the sequence of ideas and urges that come and responding naturally with perfect timing. You can already feel the results existing. You can feel how the outcome is actually creating itself. While you do your happy part, you know the result has its own perfect moment. that is a win-win-win for all involved. I can definitely testify to the words that are written in Penny Pierce's book because I'm actually living that reality on the rebel road. Most of what she has written in here just is so resonant because I'm already experiencing it. And the part that I haven't... I uh, tapped into yet is just because I haven't finished the Rebel Road yet. <laughs> we'll get to that point as well. I'm certain the book is The Leap of Perception by Penny Pierce, and the website is pennypierce.com. So we're really in this place of of the information age, and there's a lot of stresses, and it's hard for people to let go sometimes of that control and plan and linear way of knowing uh, what we think we have trusted, and and really letting ourselves lean more into this place of attention to everything that's going on, because how do we get it all done if we just focus on what's going on? How do we have our goals? How do we create what we really want? Can you speak to, to really allowing yourself to dive into the attention mm-hmm. rather than getting so caught up in um, the things that, that appear important on the other side? Yes, There is a,
2: I think there needs to be a kind of a bridging, uh, function between the old perception, which is left-brained and linear, and the new perception, which is, it starts off with the right brain, but it's spherical and holographic and kind of all at once in the present moment. There's, I think, going to be some ways that we learn to kind of shift through that level, and it may be that First of all, in order to solve a complex problem, you can't do it by putting your left brain on it and trying to analyze it. So what you would do instead is relax and drop into your intuition and be in the moment and just kind of get soft and um, maybe um, draw a picture, write a poem, go for a walk. Do something that is that uses the lower parts of the brain, the, the reptile brain and the right brain and the senses, so that you can take pressure off of the left brain and allow then the soul, which, which has its doorway, really, through those nonverbal parts of, of our brain, to impress you with a pattern of something. Now, we don't really know yet how to immediately assimilate a pattern It has to go through some stages like, okay, it's a, it's a physical visceral pattern of a, of a knowledge of something. But then that often has to surface as a symbol, perhaps. You know, I have a friend who does, facilitates meetings and, and, and uh, gatherings, but she focuses on mandalas before she goes into the work and imagines that the mandala is a model of the meeting itself so she mm. she meditates and merges into that and allows that feeling of that mandala to guide her in the process that she's going to evoke in the meeting and which i think is fascinating
1: it's powerful
2: you know and i think we'll start to use techniques more and more like this where you won't get the answer just chop chop right away you know that you want you have to drop way back into a nonverbal Kind of deep experiential direct connection communion experience with the flow, and almost say, "Okay, flow, where do you
1: want to go next?" You know, and the flow's uh, not going anywhere, because you write in your book that we think it's that the flow it's not is not the going direction. anywhere in, it's a, in, a, in, a, in a linear
2: way. But it, it, the flow really is much more of a sense of blinking on and off, like the the particle and the wave in physics. You know, we're here in our physical particle-based reality. And then in order to get to the next particle-based reality, we don't just go horizontally from one to the other. You have to blink out into the non-physical, wave-based energy world, and then that projects us back into the next physical one, mm. you know? And so in order to find the next just-right physical reality, the flow needs to take us into communion with the entirety of the, of the universal field. The unified field and let us repattern ourselves and then not interfere with our left brain about what we think should happen, but instead allow the flow and the, the wisdom of the whole big field of everybody's knowledge to repattern us and then project us back into the world and then we get another idea right then
1: and there and goes, oh, maybe I should do this. And off you go oh, with cool. another really fresh idea. That's so powerful. Thank you. I want to thank you, Penny Pierce, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. I just love what you put out into the world, and it's always an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Definitely get your book, The Leap of Perception, by Penny Pierce. Go to pennypierce.com. And if you are wanting to experience a wonderful uh, time with her, then definitely go to her website and check out the events at Kropalu, also Endover, Massachusetts, and Baltimore, Maryland. That are coming up in just a few weeks definitely tap into 1111 magazine it is free to humanity you can go to my website 1111mag.com and you will find amazing articles from people all over the world in addition to features and beautiful books and insights that are coming about from so much unique genius that is here on the planet until next week in love of love with love and as love i'm simran singh be well